we got a lot of good stuff ready for you guys tonight. I'm really excited. I know Brenna is too. She's got a lot of good stuff, right? Oh, you're muted, I think. You're muted. I think you have to fix your mic on the settings. Can you hear me now? Yep, I sure can. Got it. It was on it was on my headset. I wasn't muted on the Zoom. Whoops. Whoops. Um yeah, Whoops. I got I got a lot of good stuff. Don't mind me as I'm like crying over here. Danny just gave me a COVID test. <laughs> Cash. It's, it's cash. Ca- very casual. <laughs> if you want to oh see God. the COVID test live, just go Stay to our tuned. YouTube. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's coming. All right. So this is the Two Ghouls Podcast. We're your host, Brenna. Hello. And Katie. So if you're new here, we're two best friends looking to read our weekly listeners some scary, true stories surrounding horrifying paranormal experience or real life run-ins. In short, we're your weekly source of scared shitless. If being utterly petrified by fear is your thing, you've come to the right place. And if you're returning, hello again, ghoul friend. We're so glad that you've come back for more disturbingly good content. It sounds like we've got a good relationship going here. (laughs) We hope that if you're enjoying our content, you'll help to sustain future episodes and financially provide us the opportunity to bring you even better content by becoming a monthly patron of this podcast. For your choice of 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99 or you can even go ahead and donate in the chat if you wish. Whichever price you choose, your patronage will be used to help bring you even better episodes, interesting guests, uh, greater quality and more. You can find the link to that in the description of this live or by visiting the link in my Instagram account at hello.spooky. Super easy. Ah, so Brenna, what'd you do over the weekend? I didn't even get to talk to you about it yet. I saved it specifically for this podcast. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) this weekend we went to uh, Florida uh, to Disney, hence the COVID test, because Florida is like a big hot spot for it. So we just want to be safe. But um, yeah, we went to Universal Studios on Saturday, and then we went to Epcot on Sunday, and Epcot was doing a drink around the world festival, so you could get like a drink in every country, yeah. food in every country, you know, all of that oh, yeah. stuff. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I've never been to Disney or, you know, any of those parks before. So did you try a butterbeer over at, um, you know, I, it, Harry Potter World? Yeah, Harry Potter World. I actually did not because I oh. don't like beer. But so. it's not beer. I thought it was like cream soda. And oh, something. I I don't know. You know, my um, roommate Jason and Valeria, who we went with, um, I don't even remember if they got one that day, but they had had them before. Um, and when I stated that I didn't like beer, they didn't say it wasn't like beer. So oh. I don't know. I can share my screen. I got all your photos right here, actually, ready up for everyone. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here, all right. Let's see. What oh we got. my gosh, you put oh, it together and everything. Of course, of course. Oh, this, this is like a whole real yes. thing. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to show everyone what you were up to because these pictures are so cute, and I put them all together for you. Yeah, yeah. So that's so, my yeah. roommate Jason and his girlfriend Valeria. So and this was cool. in Universal, where the Spider-Man, the Harry Potter world, the Velocicoaster. that was the first ride we did that day. It's a new ride, and um, I lost my boof on it. Oh, 
I lost my jewel. Like, (laughs) it's funny because they had like um, metal detectors and everything. And they Mm -hmm. made you put all your stuff in a locker like halfway through the ride, like foot, like everything. But when I went through the metal detector, like my my jewel like didn't go off because it's just plastic. And my pockets were super deep. Like, I, I don't know if you can tell in this picture, but they went down far. They weren't like normal girl pockets. And um, yeah, I got off the ride and I checked my pockets and it was no longer there. <laughs> what the heck? That must have been a very rough ride then if it your was pockets were that crazy. deep. So I don't know if you, you've been on um, Verbolton in uh, Bush Gardens, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you know that part where like, you go from stopped to like zooming forward, like they yes. accelerate you. Mm-hmm. Um, the Velocicoaster had that, except you didn't start from stop, and it was much more aggressive than um, Verbolton was. It was fast, and it was I... so fun, though. Oh, it was such funny. a cool ride, such a cool ride. Oh, and these are all the roller coasters. Well, the ones you said. Yeah, me. that that one is. Both of those pictures actually are the Hulk. Um, which was also a super fun ride. We did that one at the end of the day. Oh, I thought they were two different roller coasters, but nope, now I kind of see it. Yeah, Just that's the, the same lighting. roller coaster. Yeah, it's different I angles. About. That was <laughs> delicious. Um, we actually got to eat there at the end of the night, and I crazy overpriced burgers. Joey went. Joey and I went from our honeymoon in Myrtle Beach, and it was like insanely overpriced. But it was yeah. Well, just paying for Jimmy Buffett. (laughs) Right. I I had the pasta dinner. It was like this um, creamy penne broccoli chicken pasta. It was really, really good. I think that was like 20 bucks or something like that. The drinks were expensive, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially the booze in the blender, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Well, they they were out of it. Yeah. I love that picture (laughs) a lot. Great picture. Oops. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's amazing. What I, did. <laughs> I didn't mean to skip. <laughs> I was going to show this picture and then this was my weekend. Yeah, in the house. Yeah. Doing yep. stuff for yeah. our podcast. Shit on the podcast. While I was in Florida just living it up. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. I just didn't realize I never even sent you pictures from Epcot, but that's okay. I know. It's okay. I I'm forgot. I was at work. I have no service at work. So those pictures going through was a miracle in and of itself, honestly. Let's check up on the chat and see. Oh, we got Samantha and Becca here. Hi, guys. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Samantha says butterbeer is non-alcoholic. It's like a cream soda. That's what I said. I thought so. Uh, so they definitely know. had alcoholic butterbeer there. <gasps> definitely. Ooh, I yeah. wonder what that one was like. I, my dad said yeah. butterbeer was like, okay. If I remember correctly, I had to plug up my computer here. All right. So let's jump back into the rest of everything we had ready for you guys. That so, is cool disclaimer. that they had. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. Gonna, no, no, it's no, fine. No. <laughs> Please go. <laughs> I was going to say it's cool that they had both options, though, because I didn't even really look into the butter beer because I was like, ew, beer. But it's cool I, that they have like alcoholic also, and non alcoholic. You know, I also hate beer. So I feel like I would have had that thought too if my dad hadn't tried it. Um, and I yeah. had no idea that they did the alcoholic versions. So if I ever go to Universal, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty sure they did because I, I, I feel like. I feel like Jason and Valeria would have specified if it wasn't actually beer, especially so they got, I was like, they got the alcoholic ones. I don't think they got 
any that they saw day, him. but they had it before. They had been to oh. the park back in February, and I think they got it then. I got you. And I just assumed it was alcoholic, but now I'm like, they never really specified, so I have no idea. <laughs> I don't actually know either. And my dad got it when they went, so I don't yeah. know. All right, guys. Um, so disclaimer. I'm just going to throw this out there. We are extremely aware of the fact that we're discussing real life instances with real people and something we're very sensitive to. So please understand our commitment to respecting the human beings involved in these stories If commenting or interacting with an episode or our social media, your slander of any kind regarding the people, whether they be anonymous or not, will not be tolerated. Keep your opinions respectful or don't share them at all. Yes. That's simple. Um, also trigger warnings, going to throw those out there. So if descriptive, supposedly true stories centering around gory, real life topics, paranormal encounters, and, or anything surrounding extremely descriptive, true narratives involving terror, murders, sexual interactions, mental health, anything violent or potentially cruel in nature, we suggest that you just get the fuck out. Yeah. Out of here. This podcast is not for you. You've been warned. Yes. So just now's your time to leave because we're just going to jump right into it. Okay. So this first story is going to be all about, actually, this entire podcast is going to be about all about what is in our forests, what's going on in our forests. And there's a lot of sketchy stuff. If you think about it, and I put in the description, I want to say it's only 20% of our oceans have been, um, what is it? Explored. Yeah. Discovered, explored, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy to think about. Honestly, terrifying, but Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Just think about the forests. We have a lot of them. They're on every continent. There's in whatever depth or, you know, heavy amount of vegetation that there is. It's, it's a lot. And I'm, it makes me kind of wonder, there could be miles and miles of unknown things going on in our forest. Anyone can go out there. Anyone can do anything out there. It's crazy. It just, it's very interesting to me, especially those stories about um, the stairs in the woods. I actually have some of those in this podcast episode um but this first one that i found specifically came from someone called their username is cb nomad and he asked everyone hunters of reddit what did you see out there that made you not want to go back into the woods someone said green machine 34u said my father and i were following a trail for a while so we decided to take a break and catch our breaths I sat on a log off the trail and my dad stood on the edge of the trail waiting for me to get up. I hear some movement and scan around and I see a man dressed casually walking quickly down the trail with a Glock in his hand. He's not really following the trail. He's just walking toward my dad with haste. Before he comes up to my dad, he asks if he's seen anything pretty or seen anything, which seems pretty normal. Although I do keep an eye on him. Give me a second. I keep an eye on him because I don't believe he was there to hunt. I think he was there to make sure my dad hadn't seen anything that he really wasn't supposed to. He wasn't dressed like a hunter. He didn't walk like a hunter and it was deer season. And he decided he would take his Glock out to get a deer. I wasn't buying it. So I put around in the chamber and watched them talk. He seemed to be confident until my dad mentioned that he was here with me and gestured in my direction. I nodded and made a half-assed wave. And he seemed to lose interest in us and ended the conversation shortly after and turned around and walked back the way that he came just about as fast as he walked up to us. It worried us a bit, but we continued on. 
We haven't been back to that area in a while. My dad told me that there was that there have been drug busts near that area in the past. This isn't a supernatural tale, just an experience that made me not want to go back to that area of the woods. Mm. I'm not going to want to say this name that I'm going to read to you next. Pickle in the butt. (laughs) Pickle in the butt. Yeah, that's his name on this next one. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. I just had him bring me some wine. Oh, I thought you were going to say you got your COVID test back. (laughs) Mm. Did I, though? Did the results come back for my COVID test? How many? Four more minutes and then we get. Uh, I feel like we're waiting on like pregnancy test all right anyway <laughs> i would rather have a positive covid test than a positive pregnancy test oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> i could deal with two weeks stuck in my house i can't deal with 18 years of <laughs> when i was a kid cheers cheers <laughs> cheers cheers <laughs> when i was a kid a poacher must have thought i was a deer or something and shot around at me it impacted on a tree above my head. Oh, I immediately boy. fired three shots as fast as I could, not at the shooter, but in the air. In my hunting group, immediate three shots means help, basically. My dad and our hunting club immediately came out to find what the fuck was happening by honking the horns on their trucks, letting me know that they were coming. I basically laid on the ground until I could tell that they were near the dirt road, told them what happened, and guessed it was probably a road poacher trying to get a deer as it came from the same road. They didn't see him. It was private property, and we were always very aware of who was at that location and who was hunting where. Nobody was supposed to be at the part that I was at. Scared the shit out of me. This was the mid-90s. Reason why I don't like hunting on public property is because of that, and I don't know the people out there. So basically, someone that was just like driving down the road had their gun on them and saw a deer run out in front of their car, thought that the guy was the deer when he looked in the woods after jumping out of his car and shot at him. Wow. Yeah. People that's are what a road idiots. People are idiots. My God freaks me out when we used to live out in, you know, like at my parents' house, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we used to have too. all of our, yeah, all of our neighbors used to walk by all the old people would walk by with like those orange vests on because of hunting season. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah that's what makes me think is like, I wonder like this guy, if he was like an avid hunter, he must have known to be wearing something orange. Cause that's like number one rule is like, you have to be seen by other hunters, especially if you're on like a public property. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, was he wearing orange and was the other guy just like really that stupid? Oh, no. Oh, no. My assumption is that he was probably wearing camouflage because it sounds like he was actively hunting and some guy came up on him. But I don't know. Yeah. Because he didn't say. Could yeah. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I really wanted. So when you said forest, I've still been intrigued since like the first podcast we did on like the stairs in the woods. Mm. But. I was just reading and I ended up happening across another really interesting topic, um, Mm. which actually both of my stories will involve, but I'll read this first one first because it was actually the first one that I read that got me into the subject. So this I found on just ask Reddit. Somebody asked hikers, camper, woodsman, and the like, what are your scariest experience in the woods? Um, and this was asked by Anthe M29, and the author of the story is Brooklyn Oatmeal Cookie, which is cute. 
That's cute. Okay, so he, I'm assuming it's a he, writes this. Uh, This will probably get buried, but two years ago, myself and two other people were camping in Yellow Bottom, which is in the Cascades of Oregon. About 3 a.m., I woke up hearing what sounded like a bunch of people having a campfire party. Nothing huge, not even scary, just talking, laughing, stuff like that. I was kind of pissed since we'd specifically come up to get away from the college kids and such, and now somebody had set up camp what sounded like less than 100 yards away. But I couldn't see fire or light through the tent walls, and since that was my big concern, fire in the woods, I just kind of ground my teeth about it and went back to sleep. About an hour later, I wake up again. This time, somebody's let a little kid start crying. And it's really annoying, like not wailing, but just sniffles, that long-term crying that kids do. I listen for about five minutes, and since I'm not a monster, I've kind of got this prickly feeling that maybe there's trouble. You know, little kid crying all alone, Mm. where the hell are his parents, etc. I started to get up, and my friend who I thought was sleeping grabs my arm just about giving me a heart attack and says, don't go out there. Just wait. He knows the woods better than me, and he sounded actually scared. So I sit and wait. And yeah, a few minutes later, the crying stops and the party starts back up. But the weird thing is, I can't really pinpoint now what direction the party is coming from. Because I was trying to tell if maybe it was a group who had found the kid, and now they were all talking together, but I couldn't tell what direction it was from. The party went on for about another hour, just until dawn, and then all of a sudden, nothing. Like, cut off in the middle of a laugh silence. I was completely freaked out by then, and I think I may have made a noise when it just stopped like that. My friend, who hadn't even sat up the entire time, just said, stick Indians, and then rolled over and fell back asleep. What? Yeah, so I I got up when the sun was finally completely up and made coffee and kind of looked around, but I'm not brave enough like that and didn't go far. But there was nothing, no campfire, no tents. Uh, I could see through the trees, nothing. Um, We packed up that day and I asked him what a stick Indian was and he wouldn't tell me. I had to come back and Google it. And even now I'm not sure if what's online is true or made up, but what... Or what? But if you look it up, apparently it's some kind of, I don't know how to say this, and I'm going to probably offend some people, but it's Yaquina forest spirit that lures people out by making noises like crying babies or having a party and then, I don't know, eats them or something. Whoa. Yeah. And he continues saying, so that's my creepy thing in the woods. I don't have any proof, but people who know the Pacific Northwest West it is way up Yellow Bottom past the official camps on the left fork of the main road. Um, down that logging road and right by the river, the camp's fight site with the huge fallen over dead trees. That one. Me, I've never been back up there. No, sir. Whoa. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. So that story immediately had me intrigued. Like, what the hell is Stick Indians? Like, 
I don't know. So I try to find I like other Reddit stories and I, I went on a deep dive, which is where my next story will come from. But you have something next. So that's for later. I do. But before I jump into my story, the baby crying made me think of a creepy encounter that I've had. It's not even creepy. It was more just very disturbing and very upsetting. But if you want me to share it, I can. Yeah, I mean, go for it. Yeah. So one time, this was probably back in, this is right before I got pregnant with Sunny. So it was actually on our March cruise back in 2020, right before the pandemic hit. And I was in um, Joey and I's cabin and the way that the cabins were set up, it was just like a hotel is, but like the cabin um, lengths are the hallways are super, super long, really long, but all the cabins are very close together naturally because they have to fit like thousands of people on one Mm -hmm. large boat. Yeah. One night I was in our bedroom and it was probably about 12 or it was between 12 and two in the morning. I remember because I had just stopped partying for the night. So it was probably closer to like one 30 or two and I had crashed. I was exhausted And my cousins had not yet come back from their, from the club yet. And I was just like, whatever, got a crash. I went back to the room. Joey came in not long after we were getting ready to go to sleep. And as soon as I get ready to go to sleep, like I'm just getting to that edge, I hear this crying and I'm like, what is that noise? Like, it sounds like a kid crying, but like my brain hadn't processed yet what I was listening to. And I remember I went out to go and check through the peephole and I was like, oh my God, it's a little kid crying. Like what's going on? And I can just see him like edging out of like his little door. And like, he's got like his little fingers in his mouth and he's like, "Ah." and that was really upsetting. But I was like, that's kind of weird. Didn't really, I was still kind of waking up and I just had this weird feeling about it. And I kind of like go to sit back down on the bed and I was like telling Joey what I just saw. And he thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. And then immediately I was like, kind of thinking to myself while I was talking to him, I was like, no, that's really fucking weird. Why is there a kid crying, looking out the door, looking like what it looked like was he was looking for his parents. Mm -hmm. And so finally I peeked my head out the door and I was like, are you okay, buddy? Like what's going on? And then I see someone else poke their head out the door and it's an older man. (laughs) He wasn't even wearing a shirt. Like I could tell he just woke up out of bed because he could Mm -hmm. hear the same thing I did. Right. He was like, is he your kid? And I was like, no, actually, I don't know whose kid he is. And then we both looked at each other and we just knew something wasn't right. And so we both come out of our rooms, go over to this little boy who is now full blown standing in like the hallway, just crying, looking for someone. And his wife, the lady, the guy that I was just talking to, his wife comes out in her robe and we're all standing around this boy. And then we all of a sudden hear this baby crying and we open that way. Not the kid. No, we hear a completely different child crying and it, you can tell it's an infant. And then finally, we're like, what is going on? And we literally open up the door to this random person's cabin with some kids. And oh, my God, I still get chills like thinking about it. But the baby was alone. The baby, the toddler was alone and the baby was alone in this room, in this dark room. And there were no adults anywhere to be seen. It was just these kids. And this one kid was crying with his fingers in his mouth out the door and the baby was in the back. And we flash on the lights and we're like, what is going on? Like, there's no one in here. These kids are all alone. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it's not just... I don't know. It pisses me off when I think about it now, but it's not just like, oh, mom and dad had to go step out for a second. It seemed like 
they just completely left them. And that is so awful because if you think about it, so much of human trafficking happens on these cruise ships. Uh Uh, Cruise ships, once they go out into waters like oceans and things like that, no longer are they protected by U.S. law. Nobody really knows. Oh my gosh, really? Nobody knows that. Yeah. But once you are out onto public oceans or whatever, they're no longer protected by the U.S. law. So once you're out there, anybody, I mean, anybody can grab anyone. No one's going to say anything. No one really ever looks for them. And if you ever were interested, you can look into cruise ship, like missing persons cases, and you'll find that none of the cruise ships really ever did anything to find these people. Like they might've like blown out like a, Hey, if you're looking for this person or, or we're looking for this person, it has this description and this height and whatever. Nobody really ever looks for them and nobody finds them because by the time that they're gone, the people that are working on these cruise ships, they will end up leaving with these missing persons and go back to their home country and that's it. They're gone forever. They're gone. They'll never come back. And it's just awful. So to think that I was lucky enough to find this little kid with his door wide open for anyone in the world to have found him with his crying sister in the background was absolutely heart-wrenching and I remember I was comforting this little boy who ended up not even speaking English you could tell he was from a different country Mm. I want to say he was Russian or something he was speaking very loosely like but like he was a little kid he was just this little guy he was probably like four or five years old um it was awful I remember trying to comfort him and he was like who are you like he's looking at me like yeah who are you? And his sister was crying. And the lady that was in the robe was like holding the baby. And I ended up going back to my dorm because it does, it did seem like the couple that I had talked to had it covered. Um, Joey had already gone down to guest services and was asking like the security, what he should do. He cut in front of like a line of like 10 people that were trying to get wow. their property. And he was like, Hey, we have a situation in like 302 B, we need you guys up there like stat. There's two kids alone. We don't know what's going on. And I'll never forget. I was like standing outside of my door talking to my cousins who had just come back from the club. And I was explaining to them what was going on. I was like, someone left their fucking kid. Someone left their kids in their room. And there's like, it's like a fucking, it's like an almost Madeline McCann situation going on. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the kid that was um stolen from her room. Yeah. And- at a resort, right? <laughs> Exactly. It was just like that. And it was really, really, really triggering. And um, I was explaining it to them, like what was going on. And meanwhile, those people were taking care of the kid and Joey's at security. And then all of a sudden these people come booking it down the hallway. I mean, like so fast, the lady ended up losing her shoes and like, she ran into the door and was like, Oh, I don't know. Like she was speaking in a different language. I'm sorry if that was offensive, but like, she was like speaking, it felt like gibberish to me. And she was like very loosely speaking to the people that were in there and they were giving her like the hardest time, understandably. So like, they were like, what in the world? Why would you leave your kids in this room? Like we thought mm-hmm. something was really wrong. And yeah. Like, oh, Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. It really, it looked like they just went out to go party for the night and left their kids in the room. And that is yeah, so thinking, awful. Yeah. They were probably like, oh, well, the door's locked from the outside. As long as the kids just go to sleep and stay asleep, they'll be fine. Yeah. But like the kid was obviously really young. The mm-hmm. infant, 
like if the four-year-old heard the infant crying and woke up and didn't know what to do his first Mm -hmm. instinct would be like let me go find my parents and at home that wouldn't take much more than walking out your door and going down the hallway you Mm -hmm. know so he Mm -hmm. walked out the door and then saw long hallway this way long hallway that way and probably immediately got scared Mm -hmm. and knew his parents were like so far away yeah. and just started and then crying these freaking weirdos came up to him we're like it's okay it's okay he's probably yeah like, on earth that's probably like so traumatic for him i mean but, but yeah. that could have been so easily if the kid walked <gasps> out and someone else who like seemed friendly but mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. came up to him and was like oh yes. let me see your your sister let me make sure she's yeah. okay and then just left with mm-hmm. both of them anyone can get on these cruise ships and it's not just the people that are guests it's the staff and a lot of times these staff, I mean, everyone that gets on these freaking boats come from everywhere, every country, and they can be of any kind of intent. They could be of evil intent or just coming to chill out on a cruise ship. Like people specifically come onto these cruise ships to have like the opportunity to take people out of their countries and mm-hmm. put them into their country where they no longer have any type of like law enforcement, like coming over them. They leave them with their passports. Like they don't take their passports with them. They leave them in their rooms and they will take them into their country and like put them into human trafficking. It's awful, especially these babies. And that could have totally, totally been a situation where it not only a Madeline McCann situation, but like a human trafficking situation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hi, do you have a crazy ass story that you just want to share with everyone that you know? Because if so, we have the place to do it. DM either Brenna or I on our Instagrams linked in the bio below, or you could email us at hello.spook33 at gmail.com. Your interview can be anonymous, it can be in person, it can be over Zoom or over phone. We could read your stories. It's completely up to you. Just email us or DM us to let us know. It's really interesting, like, hearing it again. Yeah, and so what's really crazy is that I ended up finding out I was pregnant about a week and a half, two weeks later, and, like, that really, that hit home when I found that out. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. I'm going to read the comments before I jump into this story. Um, What? Where Nick hunts, Rebecca's telling us about her husband, where Nick hunts, they get, they have a guy that has a crazy neighbor and they get shot at regularly. It's super crazy. I wouldn't hunt there anymore. <laughs> no. I and then Samantha said, this just makes me want to scream. If you heard something in the woods, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. You all need to watch the ritual. Is that a movie? I'd be interested to hear. I don't think I've ever like watched it. It doesn't ring any bells for me. Yeah. Oh, and Rebecca said exactly what we watched last week. The oh, I meant to tell you bobcats like mountain lions make creepy sounds. So your lion has was a woman screaming. Um, oh yeah. And then okay, what she's saying is that the bobcat cry sounds like a baby crying. We actually had a bobcat out behind Faye's house, um, my neighbor. Um mm. 
maybe like two months ago. And I was like, what the heck is that noise? And it really does. It sounds like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, it's yeah, I, the baby crying could be explained as that, but it's just like the story is so weird because the way it yeah. like goes from a party to mm. a baby crying to suddenly back to a party mm. and how the party gets cut off like mid laugh once the sun breaks. Mm. Like, isn't that just a little unexplainable? I think that's so disturbing. When you were first explaining, I, I thought maybe it was like a ritual going on, like a sacrificial uh, one. Could but be a sense. sacrificial ritual, but by stick Indians. Yeah. Because like this next story I read you, in, insane, insane. Like, I I'm just so can't excited. wait to get to it. I'm so excited. Okay, so let's see. I have a voice recording to show you guys from an anonymous send in i had him call me on the phone yesterday and i'm gonna figure out a way i can show you so give me a second gotta grab my wine for this it's my turn to sit back and watch (laughs) so fun fact actually i'll talk about this like while um you're figuring that out But last week I was having such a hard time hearing Kent and I thought it was like his audio from being on the computer and whatnot turns out because like I turned my computer volume all the way on. It was at a 100 (laughs) and then I plugged in my headset like this time when we jumped on this like live together and I was like man it's still so quiet and my computer's still at 100 like what the hell is going on I realized there's a volume on my headset that was turned like all the way down and so like I couldn't even hear Ken so like now I can hear you just fine man that happened to me on my gaming headset one time I was like what the fuck is wrong with my switch like I was like you know I was like oh like it took me a day to figure it out I thought for sure my headphones crapped out on me but yeah all right let me know if you can hear this sure I got it this time (laughs) give me a thumbs up I think of July of 2020 2019 something like that mm-hmm. my brother and i were investigating some fireworks that were going off on an airbnb that were go- behind our house at one in the morning which would never happen we live in almost middle of nowhere um so we wanted to go check it out so we live around a bunch of cornfields and everything so we decided to walk through the cornfield as disguise or whatever um and when we popped out, um, I was just kind of looking around. And as soon as my brother popped out, a, um, like a big spotlight was pointed at us. My first instinct was to just turn around and start sprinting. Yeah. So we're running through the field as somebody is <laughs> yelling at Holy us to like shit. come here. And we believe it was our neighbor that was also investigating it, but thought we might have been the hooligans, but it was terrifying. Oh my God. That's horrifying. And my brother dropped his phone and we literally had to come back the next morning at like seven in the morning so our mom wouldn't find out. Oh my God. Snuck out to check it out. (laughs) Oh my God. That's crazy. Did you guys ever figure out who it was or was it the neighbor or was it the actual uh, people? We believe it was somebody fireworks. that was staying in an Airbnb. Wow. That's crazy. 
That's so fucking scary. I mean, what are the odds of y'all like sneaking out to go and check on them through the corn and then like you open up the corn and the second you do, they see you. Like, I just feel like yeah, that's like, so somebody crazy. Was like, hey! Oh <laughs> my God. Like I would have had a heart attack. I, 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 yeah, it was almost, it felt like, like one of the classic horror movies and you just sprinting through a field and somebody's chasing you. Holy shit. Holy shit. But I think they may have had a dog with them because I think I heard barking, which also scared wow. the shit out of me. Do you think maybe that's how they but, figured um, out where you were? Because of the dog? Possibly. But when we <laughs> popped out, it was like, it was a the private road behind our house and we popped out onto a gravel road and they were just walking on it which was kind of farther away from where the actual fireworks were going off. <laughs> oh still my technically God. Pretty cool. But yeah. Wow. Um, actually, I take that back. Um, when also another time that night we were, when after we ran through the field, um, we were, we waited like, I believe 10 minutes in the middle of the field or my brother and I actually got split up. I was waiting alone and I was kind of terrified because I kept trying oh, to call him. That's terrifying. But, you know, he lost his phone. Oh wow! So um, yeah, when did when did he lose his phone? Did he just drop I it when the guys I, saw you guys, I, or I, before? Yeah, at some point when we were running from that guy, he dropped his phone. When yeah, we got split up, um, and that's when he lost his phone. Once the guy saw us, uh, that's when my brother and I uh, sprint away, and then he just split off from me and went into the other oh. cornfield across the road from the cornfield we were in. I stayed in the one oh, wow. that we were getting chased in. That makes it so much worse that you guys got split up. Yeah. Wow. I know. So it, it was <laughs> awful. Eventful. Yeah. Um, I'm going to wait till the sound Is comes it? back and I'm going to pause it. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I just want to react to that really quick. Cause like, go ahead. That's just terrible. First of all, going through the cornfield at nighttime. Sorry. Whoa, man. Um, Going (laughs) through the cornfield at nighttime, like at all, is honestly just kind of freaky. Like if you've ever seen like Children of the Corn movies, (laughs) like, you know, like it's just freaky. And so to have a spotlight shine on you as soon as you exited the cornfield. And like the thing about a spotlight being shined on you is you can't see anything past that light. (laughs) Nothing. And so like... I don't know. Like, if I had to guess, it was definitely just, like, a neighbor who was also, like, investigating, like, the fireworks. Like, what the hell is going on? Definitely yeah. thought that they yeah. were the hooligans, like he said. Yeah. Like, for sure. Um, that's just so... And, like, the fact that they got split up and he dropped <laughs> his phone on the way. Yeah. Like... Yeah, that- the guy ended up telling me that he was, like, trying to call his brother the whole time. And he wouldn't answer. And he was like, why is he not answering? It turns out he like lost his phone. Can can you imagine like horror movie edit of that where it's just switching back Mm. and forth to the split up brothers and then the the one brother calling and it just goes to like the cell phone in the middle of the cornfield just like (laughs) like that just sounds terrifying. (laughs) I just think the chances of them opening up the corn and then the second they do someone sees them like I know the corn that they are in and it is vast. It is huge. It's large. It's big. It's everything. And then like the chances that they were just like, and someone was like, Hey, <laughs> like, what the come fuck? here. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> yeah, just come here. 
some old ass neighbor who found the hooligans and just thought they were doing a justice <laughs> yes. to the neighborhood. He was just yeah. gonna be like, "Hey, don't do that yeah. shit," like you know. But like that's just scary as hell. Plus, what, what if I'm it saying. wasn't like a cool neighbor? What if it was like some crazy like you know guy, angry with a old gun? man? That'd be yeah. What if it was yeah. a guy with a gun? That's yeah. Yeah. All right. On to the next one that he left us. How do you press this? Oh, give me a second. It's going to go over to my uh, Apple Music for some reason. Lord knows why. Oh, so good news while you're doing that. What? Danny says my um, test result came back negative. Yeah! If I had like a soundboard, I'd be like, woo, 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 woo. (laughs) (laughs) soundboard so if you want a soundboard folks you gotta pay 99 cents a month yeah <laughs> all right i'll tell you about the last the last uh thing that i just saw um so the other weekend when my friends and i took a trip back to our hometown from our school uh we were going on this nature preserve um which is nearby to the one we used to go to but i wanted to check something new out mm-hmm um so we were looking at it and walking down this trail that is completely overgrown like nobody had came to cut the grass in a good long while so we were walking <laughs> through like really thick grass like no one no no tracks of anybody else being there no other cars there nothing it was pretty deserted um we're walking towards the dock that i believe it said was like 800 meters from where we left the car and there was this big bend in the trail and I'm in the, I'm in the lead and I get around the first or the, not the last part of the curve and I'm the only one who can see the end of the trail and I see something like some sort of like bipedal figure. It, it almost looked like a dog in a way. A five like foot com- figure? No, bipedal, uh, so two walking on two legs. Ooh, um, okay. I've never heard of that. Wow, he's so smart. I'm I, can, sure. I can imagine. I, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really not sure how to explain it. I tried pointing it out That's to my friends, but they literally did not believe me whatsoever. Huh. Um, I All I know how to explain it is, like, it, whatever it was, it ran off of the dock and knocked a big branch um, with a lot of force to make it really swing up and down. And when oh I God. got to that branch, I tried moving it, and it was pretty damn heavy. Wow. Oh, shit. And, and so I just tried to completely ignore it because my friends were just like, stop paying attention to it. And so I was like, so okay. you <laughs> you saw something that jumped off of a dock yeah, like and the hit dock. a tree. so it jumped or not jumped sorry so the way it works is it's almost like a um there's a word it's like an overwatch kind of dock kind of thing over top of the nature preserve ah yeah it kind of hangs over the water but it doesn't go completely over gotcha yeah so it ran off of the actual path towards the woods where all of the marsh and everything is like oh, I, I looked see. back there and there's nowhere for it to have gone and my friends were just saying it was a deer and i was like deer don't walk on two legs 
Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that that would probably be That's the most very disturbing thing I've seen in our woods. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you. I'm glad you came on and told us about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was it. Wow. Crazy, right? So, like, that one's crazy because, like, I wonder if his friends, like, also saw the tree branch moving but, like, didn't yeah. see the figure so they, like, didn't think anything of it but, like, the wind or something like that. That's what I'm saying. And just disclaimer here, man, if I saw something like that and you were just like, oh, oh, just ignore it, just ignore it, don't, don't, I'd be like, excuse me. <laughs> I would be so upset. Like, yeah. what? Are you I guess kidding? that's, like, guys for you, though. Like, they're always... Yeah. That's true. They're very yeah. like, don't mind it. But like the tree branch moving is what would have gotten me. I would have that, been like, and, oh. and to say like it was so heavy, like obviously it wasn't moved that much by like the wind or anything like that. But yeah. also impressive that like if it was like a spirit or a demon or whatever of sorts, mm-hmm. like it takes a lot of energy for them to move something. Yes, so to it also does. move something that's like really heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. excuse me <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i'm saying i think almost that it might be like an evil entity of sorts because i feel like to have that amount of energy you gotta be packing yeah. some hate <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah so are we going to be getting more stories from this person we should this person specifically has very disturbing experiences um including seeing or having a near-death experience and other things, which mm-hmm. I'm, I don't feel comfortable disclosing without his permission. But right, right. I've asked him, and he literally feels so uncomfortable talking about it because he feels like it'll bring back this specific instance, um, this this being that I don't want to push him. So yeah. he did. He was kind enough to share those with us, but maybe in the future he'll be more comfortable, especially once he sees how much like you know people like like to hear it or want to understand more about his experiences which I told him I was like yeah I mean but definitely we we don't like want to push him to invite something like that back Mm -hmm. in his life because I know like especially with what Kent was saying like the insight that Mm -hmm. Kent gave us and just being like you kind of just have to like ignore it of sorts Mm -hmm. like not let it you know have yeah power over you in that sense yeah, and thank God we had that talk with Kent because I used to be like, oh, what's the big deal? Like, it's obviously going to bother you anyway, but he has a very good point. If you give it any of your energy, time, or effort, it's mm-hmm. going to grow, you know? So I don't want to bring that upon him. But if he feels comfortable talking about it, I was like, come on back. We'll have you. We would love to hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, your turn. <laughs> oh, yes. Let me pull this document back up. I was over on the comments. Okay. So through my search about the stick Indians and everything, I actually Mm -hmm. left Reddit um, and I found this site called nwhikers.net and this is the discussion forum and the author is K. Batku um, and it is titled Stick Indian. So it's basically just like all about stick Indians. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is a rather long one. So strap in. Okay. So he writes, New Year's Eve, 1991, my wife and I were walking into Boulder Cave at about 8 or 9 p.m. There was very little snow on the trail, just a skiff. 
I don't really know what that means, but um, it was a clear, brilliant night, no moon, but crisp stars and the occasional cloud. It was dark, but we had flashlights and warm clothes, and we were walking to meet some friends and spend the night at the cave to celebrate New Year's Eve. If you were wondering, we were both sober, having met a few years earlier in AA. I guess he has to disclaim that so that people weren't thinking that he was intoxicated of sorts. Okay, back then, the USFS wasn't worried about bats, and you could hike into the cave at any time of the year. Now it closes in the fall to preserve some near-mythical bats that may or may not live in the cave. No one has ever seen these bats except for scientists, and they are probably just pulling our legs. (laughs) As we made our way up the trail, well made, well made, very not steep. I'm having trouble with my words right now, guys. (laughs) Not very steep. Winding through the darkening pines, we could hear children's voices in the distance, like a schoolyard or a playground or a yard full of happy children running, yelling and laughing far, far away. At first, we tried to think of what it could be, maybe someone in a cabin or people staying at Camp Rogananda, something like that. Uh, But on our way back, we'd seen no cars or tracks or sign of anyone else in that area. Uh, The the camp that they referred to was closed down at tight and no camps, no lights or fires off in the distance or by the road. Um, What was a large group of children doing playing loudly in the distance up a canyon in the middle of the woods on New Year's Eve? It could be sledders because, or sorry, it couldn't be sledders because there was barely any snow and it was way too late for a group of little kids to be frolicking unsupervised in the woods. It was weird and didn't make any sense, but we kept hearing it. There was an odd, consistent quality to the laughing children noise. It faded in and out of hearing, just on the edge of being there, carried by the wind as if from a great distance, funneled and shaped by the mountains and trees and streams until it found our ears, then back out again, to be lost for a moment, only to return. Laughing, yelling, calling, shouting, playing children, fading in and out as we would stop and listen till it went away, then walk a few dozen more yards only to stop and listen again. We said, do you hear that? Do you hear that? And would wonder to each other what it could be. On and on as we walked up the trail, the children haunted us, laughing and screaming and yelling just beyond reason and hearing, like sound waves coming through the flames of a campfire, ghost voices traveling on crisp night air. Anyway, we got to the cave and told our friends about it and puzzled together, but forgot about it after a while and played our flutes and listened to new age music on a boombox with cassette tapes (laughs) (laughs) Um, and burned candles and talked about philosophy and mystery and deep meaning around the fire until the wee hours of the morning. It was a wonderful time. Walking out, something had changed subtly. The woods seemed a bit ominous maybe we were just tired but as we made our way down the trail my wife stopped or sorry my wife spotted something odd propped against the base of a tree it was meant to be found I think by us I believe 
We thought at the time that it had been left for us by whoever or whatever made the laughing noises. As older and more cynical as I am now, I can still believe that is or could be true, though it certainly wasn't the work of children. And then he goes on to describe the object. He says, it was impossible to adequately describe the object. My mind stubbornly refuses to remember it as a whole. I remember the details of its construction and its size and general shape. My wife says it was a man, a figurine of a human. I have to believe her because when I try to picture it, my mind draws a blank. Its construction was nothing like I've ever seen before or since. It was a small abstract figurine woven of tiny sticks, moss, pine needles, and lichen. The bear's hair moss had been braided in individual strands into tiny ropes, which wove in and out of bits of lichen and tiny, tiny sticks around some bigger sticks, smaller than the diameter of a pencil. So like really intricate. The main framework of the small sticks was lashed together with what looked like the inner bark of cedar woven into braids and tiny ropes. The workmanship was so intricate and subtle and bizarre that as we picked it up and looked at it, we are at first amazed and then just a little bit shook. It was unworldly yet complex and woven and weaved from woodland materials seeming gathered at random with great skill assembled with patience and practice by tiny nimble hands for what purpose Mm. we had no idea. Mm. The damn thing was weird. It was easy to dismiss the laughing children as a as a natural phenomenon, the wind, our imaginations, or just some strange, inexplicable happenings that had a perfectly logical explanation. The the figurine was real, and it wasn't on the trail side on the way up. And no one else had been to the cave while we were there. No cars, no footprints, no marks in the snow, nothing. I put it in my pack, took it home, kept it for a while, broodingly examined it it closer for clues about I don't know what. The thing was creepy and full of bad magic, and after a while, I threw it away. And then he says, fast forward. This incident got filed away in my memory, and I gradually forgot about it mostly. A few years later, in the mid-1990s, I got a job working for a local tribe. The job involved lots of downtime, and my native coworker and I would talk about life and stories and such. One day, I casually recounted this series of events, and when I got to the part about the laughing children, his head snapped around, and he became alert and acutely interested. Excuse me. He quizzed me about every detail, and I recounted the story as I've told it here. Uh, Let's see. Um, I don't know what this word means. I feel a little stupid. He was a reticent, reticent, not sure, guy. But he told me point blank that we'd run into stick Indians and explained briefly what stick Indians are. 
And then he puts a warning here. Do not bring up the subject of stick Indians with a native. It is a forbidden subject. Trust me, natives don't like talking about stick Indians. It's impolite to bring it up to them in conversation. Please don't. Wow. That's scary. (laughs) Yeah. And then he goes up to say, briefly, the true nature and physical attributes of a stick of the stick Indians are unknown. No one to my knowledge has ever encountered a stick Indian and survived to talk about it. So the myth as recounted to me and what little I can find to read about them is that stick Indians are small, vicious, and cunning, semi-manlike, but about three to four feet tall and very skinny with elongated arms and legs and sharp teeth and claws on their hands and feet. They live deep in the forest and are occasionally heard, but never seen. The laughing that we heard is how they lure victims out into the forest where they become disorientated and lost as they attempt to locate the children playing in the woods. If the victim is an adult, uh, the presumption is that they are attacked and eaten and whatever remains after the stick Indians fed are never found. The person becomes permanently lost. If the victim is a small child, the stick Indians turn them into another stick Indian through some dark stick Indian magic. This is how they got new recruits. Whoa. There is much more to the legend and much more to say that others have told me since, but it's getting late and some things are best left unsaid. For a long time, I didn't feel like I should carry tales or hazard the risk of upsetting natives by speaking these things aloud. So until now, I've kept these events mostly to myself. I respect the forest mysteries and the natural world and indigenous people and honor their beliefs the story of stick indians would be just another interesting tale for me if i hadn't experienced them for myself as such i was privileged with the information i describe here and believe i relate it as honestly and accurately as i am able Maybe it wasn't real and maybe you don't believe me or maybe there is an explanation for it all that makes sense. But I know this as a practical matter, warn your children, tell them not to follow the sounds of children when they're playing in the woods. Tell them um, if the sound or if they follow the sound of the children in the distance, they may get lost and never come back. Like other legends and myths and tales, there is a kernel of truth at the center and some truths are bigger than others. For me, I don't know what to think about what happened to us. I only know that it did. Wow. And that's where he ends it. That is insane. Right? Oh my gosh. The fact that you read two accounts, completely different people that had almost the exact same story besides the doll is creepy as fuck. Fuck. Right. Well, I heard, <laughs> so I heard the first one, right. Which yeah. I read some of the comments and one of one person was like, why didn't your friend want to tell you about stick Indians? And the writer writes, well, maybe because he's like actually native and I'm white as snow, like just didn't want to get into it. Yeah. yeah. And when I did a deep dive and found this um, story, it explained more why the original guy's friend didn't want to talk about it because it's like forbidden to talk about in their culture. 
Yeah. Like it was just like something you didn't talk about. You just knew about and you didn't go any further than that. You know, that was bone chilling. And and the doll. Yeah. The doll, like the only thing I could think of was some like, uh, shoot, like a voodoo doll, like the one where you like, it's connected to a person, which just Mm. freaked me out. But Mm. when I read the comments on this story, um, some people were saying like, maybe the woods felt ominous because they like the stick Indians were like saying goodbye to them. Like they had missed Mm. them, like, because they didn't get them or something like that. I don't know. It was, it was crazy. That is so creepy. I I just thought it was like, so interesting. That is very interesting. We'll have to come back to that one later. Yeah. In another episode, because that was very intriguing. Makes me wonder what other stories people might have, and the fact that he t- and Samantha had commented like he took the doll home, like that's that's what that's I no, didn't no. get either. It's <laughs> a no, have, no, no. Yeah, I would not. I would have left it there very respectfully. I probably wouldn't have even touched it if I'm honest with you. Mm-mm. I can't believe they picked it up. They like nope, analyzed nope, it. Nope, like nope. <laughs> no, no. And there's a lot of and people that are involved in witchcraft will tell you they will sometimes go outside on even their porches and will find dolls and objects that seem out putting don't ever touch them they are cursed and it makes me wonder like if anything had occurred to him that maybe sprouted from a curse that was given to him via this doll or if it really was just like a oh we missed you kind of present or like a we yeah had i don't know We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Two Ghouls so far. Your listenership is the sole reason we're able to do this. If you're enjoying today's episode, we hope you'll follow the link in my Instagram account at hello.spooky and support our podcast for as little as 99 cents a month. Any amount helps to better this podcast, really get this show off the ground, and it provides us financial means to bring you, the listener, even better content each week. Thanks so much for your listenership and patronage. My thing is, too, is like if I had taken the doll home and I because he he mentioned that it just carried a lot of like evil magic in it. Mm. Like I would not have just thrown it away. I would have had to Google specifically how to discard of such things Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I know so like for example with an Ouija board you're not supposed to just throw them away you're not supposed to burn them in a fire which Mm -hmm. I did growing up which Mm. was you're not Uh, supposed to do at all Mm -hmm. you're like I think what I read was that you're supposed to like cut it into seven pieces and then bury it with holy water like pour holy water on it and bury it like that's what you're supposed to do and you're never supposed to burn them because I feel I think that like if you burn them it just like opens the gate of like the I guess the demons or whoever Mm -hmm. that you you were associating with when you spoke to them Correct. Luckily, I believe my the the Ouija board that we had growing up was 
never really used. Like I remember mm. my mom got it because she thought it was like neat and interesting. Like I don't think she really thought it was like um what it really was, like what I believe yeah. it is anyways. Yeah. Um and I never used it, got it to work. I tried it by myself because like I also at the time didn't believe what I believe now. Mm. And so, yeah, I never got it to work. So I don't think it was ever properly used or that portal that could have connected to it was never properly mm-hmm. like open. So luckily, I think in that case is the reason why like nothing really bad happened when we burned it in a fire. Because right. that's exactly what we did is we burned it in a fire. The right. creepy thing I will say about when we did that, though, is that the the fire that came from it so like the rest of the fire was obviously like red looked like a normal fire but where it was particularly burning on the board the fire was green just like bright green and like that could be written off as like the chemicals in the wood which is like what I would like to write it off as but but the only other creepy part is that the way it burned the surface of the board board all burned down and the last um thing that was left on it was goodbye before it just burned completely I do remember you said that I do remember that that's horrifying and oh and (laughs) Samantha I was not by myself or I I tried the board by myself yeah I did I but it was during and it was in the middle of the day there were other people in the room and like nothing happened because I know like when you're doing a Ouija board sometimes it takes like multiple people to have like enough energy that's being poured into the board to have like something happen Mm -hmm. um so I tried it by myself but nothing happened with it we burned it as a big group like we were just having a party at our house like a barn bonfire whatever at this point I started be like I was more at the age where I was like getting like involved with like my belief system and Christianity and you know holy spirits and demons and you know all that stuff and I was like yo that board should not be messed with so I just burned it like my friend like my friends and I who are all also Christians we just fucking burned the board and that was probably like the stupidest thing but like again we were like you didn't naive. know we were ignorant yeah. completely ignorant so yeah luckily like did not nothing happen oh my but... god I'm so glad it did not happen nothing happened to yeah you. it's awful if it makes you feel any better <laughs> I have kind of an anecdote to this story <laughs> to my story yes okay so um the Ouija board so one time I'm not gonna say how long ago this was because it's kind of embarrassing how short of a time ago it was oh I remember you getting into it yeah yeah so I what at one point was very interested in Ouija boards and thought they were awesome ways to connect with people that have passed over because I fully believe in the spiritual realm especially after watching Kent's videos Mm. um which if you guys didn't watch the one with Kent it's in our last episode second episode um but Definitely. There's definitely life after death. No doubt about it. There's a realm of some kind of something that lingers here on earth. And then I believe that there's heaven and hell. I don't know if I believe in a purgatory, but I believe that there's some kind of middle ground um, that exists on this world. And I believe that demons and angels can enter in. And I believe that there are regular spirits like you and me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) this is so embarrassing. But one time I made an Ouija board because I couldn't afford one at the time. 
out of a cereal box <laughs> and I wrote all of the good stuff on there like goodbye hello all the letters and the numbers and everything and um, didn't really connect with anyone I think I had two two very minor experiences but they were literally so insignificant I don't even think I'm going to get into it but I, I sure did I cut it up into seven pieces and I did not I did not bury it with holy water but I threw it in the tree is that so (laughs) I don't know the funny thing is I just read uh Samantha's comment and she said that she put hers on the trash can on the street once and it ended up back in her house I saw that oh my god that's horrifying oh yeah but to make you feel better I have also had an experience with a homemade Ouija board I think um it was out of like a pizza box actually like not like a not like a greasy one, like a takeout, but like one that was like a frozen pizza. So the pizza was like wrapped inside of it. So yeah. like it was a it was a bigger board. It was actually with like some some friends of mine back like when I was in community college, they were still in high school. Um, because I like I was their age though. Um yeah. and we were like having a sleepover. It was like five or six of us girls I I think and we decided to make a homemade one we're idiots um and so we did it and like one girl sat out and I and I think there were five of us on the board so I think there were six of us total um and the first few were like nice we think we got like good spirits and everything like that um they were actually saying stuff there was like this one boy who like he and his parents got in like a car accident or something like that and he ended up dying and um, I I remember this Yeah. yeah and um we asked him what like we could do for him and we ended up like kind of settling on like sending a note like in a bottle out into the ocean Mm. just like for his parents and everything like that um and then so we like closed that one because so like basically every time I I forget what we would say but we would say something to like open it up and then we would say something like in unison to like close it so and at one point we asked like how many were there and there were apparently like a lot of spirits there like waiting to talk to us like waiting in line basically like in a turn to like talk to us yeah and at one point the girl who was sitting out she was like laying like on her tummy on the couch like across the couch and um I think this is when we were talking to that little boy I was just talking about but we asked him to go sit on her and she freaked out because she felt a pressure on her lower back like as if he was sitting on her like lower back she was like oh my god like stop stop what? stop like stop it like she oh was i would have like, been done yeah done. like a steak i would have been done <laughs> yeah yeah so once we were done talking to the little boy we like opened it back up again and we start getting this like like convoluted kind of like letters and stuff like he wasn't Mm. spelling anything out like the spirit it was going to like z and x and like weird letters like that like that did Mm. not say anything Mm -mm. and like we had a friend that was like writing down like the letters that were coming and it was literally like gibberish almost like 
uh, almost like it could be a name of sorts, but uh, like that was just had Z's and X's in it and like, uh, stuff like that. Sounds like Zozo, I think is the we name. We were worried that that's what it was, but like we like tried to Google the letters that came out of it and we like couldn't really find anything. So it could have been like scrambled up. I'm not sure, but oh we were God. freaked out nonetheless. But we just kept like, we were like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden it like goes to the six. And then it goes off and it goes to the six. No. And then it goes off and it starts heading back. And then all shoved it to the goodbye before it could get (gasps) to that six a third time. And we said our thing in unison and closed that fucking door because we were like, oh, hell no. Hell, hell, hell hell no. no. And that is when we were all freaked out. And that is when we were started researching how to dispose of this fucking board. Like how shit, dude. Oh my God. I don't even know if I would. Oh my God. I don't even know what to say to that. That's fucking crazy. It was horrifying. And I have not touched boy but not any of that that's yeah, fucking crazy that's why I have not touched one since and a while back when you were getting into it I remember you were asking me like if I would do it with you and I was mm-hmm. like no no well, I now won't. I get why and, yeah. and like I honestly I remember even telling you that like I didn't think you should either because it's mm. just like not a good not doesn't invite good things into Mm. your house like Mm. I would not recommend like yes they are real I can tell you that from experience if you have to find out the hard way I guess you should but like just don't Mm. just don't I'm good that's crazy dude oh my god yeah I don't think I have anything like that that's fucking crazy um I guess I'm just gonna jump right into the next story that was wild yeah it was so uh, I don't think I've ever been that terrified in my life like going to bed that night was just like really really fucking hard wow oh my god yeah so but you guys did dispose of it correctly yeah yeah I I, you know it's kind of hard to remember at this point I want to say we almost like we did tear it up into seven pieces but I don't think like we buried it that night um Mm. But I really remember like feeling sorry for the girl that we were like the house. We were in Mm. her house because Mm. like she was like, dude, we're in my house right now. Like, Mm. what if we invited this, you know, demon into like my house right now? Like I felt I was just like, oh, my God, like this is so awful. Um, But thankfully, like again, oh, my God, like God really must have been watching out for me because like nothing, nothing more came from that story either. Like, I guess we're fast enough with closing it out. I I don't know. I don't know. No kidding. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was terrifying. All right. That's All right, back to I need I need wine after yeah. that. <laughs> All right. So after that crazy ass story, I'm just gonna jump right into the next one. Yeah, um, please do. <laughs> so this post came from Zero Goo MP. What is the creepiest thing you've ever stumbled upon while hiking in the woods? Dreadlax said, wasn't seen but heard. A few years back, my friend group drove out deep into the woods near Mount Rainer, Washington. I'm talking deep woods using paper maps when we went up multiple unpaved forests way up into the mountain foothills of Rainer and then just took one until it ended in a clearing on the side of the mountain in a sea of trees in the middle of nowhere. 
We used to like to drive to really desolate areas to camp because we would bring lights and speakers and have dance parties out in the woods. Think small Australian bush doof style. We didn't want to disturb anyone trying to enjoy peace and quiet in nature. So we would scout out these very isolated places way off the beaten path. It was already pitch black when we arrived. After we set up camp, got all of our lights set up and music going, my friend Kay decided to, and I decided to explore the area and scout around a bit. Bad idea and ended up being. We strapped our headlamps and on our, we strapped our headlamps on and took a look around, realized there are no trails, but we weren't going to go that far and we can hear the music and use it to find our way back. Oh, hell so we no. just, <laughs> so just start walking into the tree line. Second bad idea. We noticed a big deadfall and a boulder. So we used that for our reference and started to just kind of bushwhack our way into these dark woods. After a couple minutes, the music is quieter because we were putting some ground and elevation between us and the camp walking uphill. I noticed Kay has stopped walking and looks like she's listening intently. I ask her what she's doing and she says, shh, listen, and points to our right. I can just barely hear what sounds almost like loud children playing when they're far away and let me just pause I had no idea that this story was gonna match up with yours oh my god so this is probably another stick Indian incident where wait where did they say they were in the beginning Washington that's near Oregon that's oh. oh my god oh my god i had no idea but yeah okay here we go we heard what sounds like loud children playing when they're far away like voices on the wind chattering i'm oh. curious thinking who the hell brought kids all the way up here we look at each other and start walking towards it like dummies not realizing we're moving farther and farther away from our that's camp that's exactly how it happened yes yes ah! Oh Oh my God. That's so crazy. We're walking, following these sounds through the trees. And then we realize we can hear what almost sounds like drums and a party. And I'm thinking, wow, like-minded people way out here in the woods. And they must be hippies because they're drumming. But then I realized, hey, we're literally in the deep woods on the side of a very isolated mountain with no campgrounds or anything of the sort nearby. It doesn't make sense. I tap Kay's shoulder and say we should turn around. She insists on going a little farther. She's very stubborn and I'm not just going to leave this woman in the woods. I keep walking with her. We're also very intrigued by these noises we're hearing, almost entranced. It sounds like rhythmic drumming and muffled chanting now. Isn't that crazy? This is so crazy. I didn't even mean for my story to line up with yours. All of a sudden, I feel this horrible feeling in my stomach like this is wrong. Turn around now just primal terror. I grab Kay this time and say, this isn't good. We're going to get lost. And by then she's freaked out too. So she agrees. And we turn around and start walking back the way we came. Finally, the music we were following suddenly stops and I can hear our camps music, but it's way farther away than we realize. We're sufficiently spooked. And we kind of started speed walking back to find the boulder and the deadfall that we marked as there, you know, reference point and we keep hearing what sounds like a person whistling in the woods behind us we are now walking as fast as we can but we're not running because we don't want to miss where we have to turn our our where we have to turn to head down the hill and back into our camp 
we're walking for what feels like forever, but we can hear our camp's music getting louder. So we know we're walking in the right direction. We eventually see the dead tree and the boulder. And I felt this huge sense of relief. Like, Oh my God, we're back. We walk back into camp and everyone's like, Oh my God, where have you guys been? You've been gone for an hour. We were going to start looking for you. And I say, bullshit. We've been gone for like 15 minutes look at my watch. And it had been over a little over an hour. We spent wandering around there. I look at Kay and she just looks at her phone and looks dumbfounded too. We tried to explain to our friends what just happened, but they laughed at us and accused us of going out into the woods to hook up. Like we couldn't have just done that in a tent. It was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. And I refuse to just run around in the deep woods anywhere around here at night anymore. I have no idea what we were hearing, but it really freaked me out and gave me more respect for the old forest here in this Pacific Northwest. My friends thought it was a joke, but I swear it makes me feel strange even remembering it. I consider myself rational, but whatever we were hearing made no sense to me and we both heard it. So I know I wasn't just hallucinating that shit. Kay doesn't even like to talk about it. That's literally insane because like what, what I was reading was like, it is very specific to the Northwest, like, like woods, mountain area, everything like that because of Mm -hmm. the tribes that were out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It's so crazy that our stories ended up matching up and I completely forgot that I had that specific one in our document. Yeah, because like, just so people know, like we don't read each other's stories. It's in no. the same document, but we do not read our each other's no. stories because we want to be as shocked as yeah. the audiences. And yeah. I am shocked. <laughs> yes, I'm very shocked. Um, jumping into the next one. This is the stairs in the woods. Yes, um, thank thread. you. Thank you for right. giving yes, me this yes. because Woo! I did want to know more about this. I just got yes. I got lost on another <laughs> rabbit trail. <laughs> <laughs> this one is literally my favorite, favorite, favorite thread on um, Reddit. Favorite. It's the best. And it is true. I'm a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service. I have some stories to tell part two. Now, before I jump into this one, I do want to say we have the part one on our episode one of this podcast. If you guys are interested in that, I will link it in the description once I upload this YouTube video. Um, Or you can just jump on our channel and go to episode one. So I logged back on tonight and was blown away by the staggering amount of interest this seems to have generated. First off, I'll address a few things that you guys have brought up from the first story. There was a lot of feedback about the stairs, so I'll touch on that briefly here. And I'll also include a a story. They come in a variety of shapes, the stairs, sizes, styles, and conditions. The stairs look pretty dilapidated, just ruins, but then others are like brand new. Saw one set that looked like they came from a lighthouse. They were metal and spiral, almost old fashioned. The stairs don't go up infinitely or farther than I can see, but some sets are taller than others. Like I said before, just imagine the stairs in your house as if someone cut and pasted them in the middle of nowhere. I don't have any pictures. It's never really occurred to me to try again or to try and take a picture after the first time. And I don't really feel like risking my job over it, but I'll try again in the future. I can't really promise anything. All right, on to the new stories. The first one, it says, as far as missing persons go, I'd say about half the calls I get are related to that. The others are rescue calls. People who fall down cliffs and hurt themselves, get injured by fire. You wouldn't believe how often this happens. Mostly drunk kids get bitten by or stung by animals or insects. We're a tight team and we have veterans who are excellent at finding signs of lost people. 
That's what makes these cases where we never find any trace of them so frustrating. One in particular was upsetting for all of us because we did find a trace of them, but it just led to more questions than answers. I'm going to pour some wine. An older man had been hiking alone on a well-established trail, but his wife called us to say that he hadn't come home when he should have. Apparently we had a history of, or apparently he had a history of seizures and she was worried that he hadn't taken his medication and had suffered a seizure out on the trail. Before you ask, I have no idea why he thought it was okay to go out alone or why she didn't go with him. I don't ask about that kind of thing because past a certain point, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, Someone's missing and it's my job to find them, period. We went out in a standard, we went out in a standard search formation and it wasn't long before one of our vets found signs that the guy had gone off the trail. We grouped up and followed him spreading out in a fan to make sure we were covering as much ground as possible. Suddenly a call comes over the radio telling us all to head back to the vet's location and we come right away because this usually means the missing person is injured and we need a full team to help get them out safely. We meet back up and the vet is just standing at the base of a tree with his hands on the sides of his head. I ask my buddy what's going on and he points up into the branches of this tree. I almost couldn't believe what I was seeing, but there was a walking stick dangling from a branch at least 30 feet off the ground. The little strap thing on the handle has been looped around the branch and it's just hanging there. There's no way the guy could have tossed it up that far. And we don't see any other signs that he's still in the area. We call up into the tree, but it's obvious that no one's in it. We are all just sort of left scratching our heads. We keep searching for the guy, but we never end up finding him. Sorry, my dogs. We even bring our own canines out, but they lose the scent long before with this tree. Eventually the search is called off because there are other calls we have to attend to. And past a certain point, there's not much we can do. This guy's wife called us for every day for months asking if we found her husband and it was heartbreaking to hear her get more and more hopeless each time i'm not sure why this call in particular was so upsetting but i think it was just the sheer improbability of it that the questions that were raised how the hell had this guy kane ended up there did someone kill him and toss that up there as some weird trophy we did our best to find him but it was almost like a taunt we still talk about that one from time to time crazy Mm. right That is crazy. Mm. Missing kids are the most heartbreaking. Doesn't matter what circumstances they go missing under. It's never easy. And we always, always dread the ones that we find deceased. It's not common, but it does happen. David Paulides, which is another search and rescue officer, talks a lot about kids search and rescue teams finding places they shouldn't be or couldn't be. I can honestly say I've heard about this kind of thing happening more than I've seen Um, but I'll share one of the ones I think about a lot that I witnessed. A mother and her three kids were out for a picnic in an area of the park that has a small lake. One is six, one is five, and the other is about three. She's, She's watching them all really closely, and according to her, she never lets them out of her sight at any time. She never saw anyone else in the area either, which is important. She packs their stuff up and starts to head back to the parking area. Now, this lake is only about two miles into the woods, and it's on a very, very, very clearly established trail. It's almost impossible to get lost from the parking area to it unless you're deliberately going off the path like an imbecile. Her kids are walking in front of her when she hears what sounds like someone coming up the path behind her. She turns around, and in the four or so seconds that she's not looking, her five-year-old son vanishes. She figures he stepped off the trail to pee or something, and she asks her other two where he went. 
They both tell her that a big man with a scary face came out of the woods next to him, took the kid's hand, and led him into the trees. What? Yeah. The two remaining kids don't seem upset. In fact, they say, or she says later that it seems like they've been drugged. They're sort of spacey and fuzzy. So, of course, she freaks out, starts looking frantically in the area for her kid. She's screaming his name, and she says at one point she thinks she heard him answer her. Now, obviously, she can't go blindly running into the woods. She's got two other kids, so she calls the police, and they send us out immediately. We respond, and we start to search the area for him. Over the course of this search, which stands miles, we never find a single trace of the kid. Canines can't pick up any of the scent. We don't find any clothing or broken bushes or literally anything that would signify a child being there. Of course, there's suspicion about the mother for a while, but it's pretty clear that she was completely destroyed by the whole thing. We look for this kid for weeks with a lot of volunteer help, but eventually the search peters out and we have to move on. The volunteers keep searching though. And one day we get a call on the radio letting us know that a body has been found and it needs to be covered. Yeah. They tell us the location and none of us can believe it. We figure it has, it has to be a different kid, but we go on out there about 15 miles from the site where he vanished. And sure enough, we find the body of the kid we've been looking for. I've been trying to figure out how this kid got to where he was or where he did ever since we found him. And it never came up with an answer. A volunteer just happened to be in the area because he figured he might as well look in places that no one else would think to on the off chance the body had been dumped. He comes to the base of a trail, rocky slope, and halfway up, he sees something. He looks through his binoculars, and sure enough, it's the body of a little boy stuffed in a little opening in the rock. He recognizes the color of the kid's shirt, so he knows right away that it's the missing boy. Mm. That's when he calls it in, and we're dispatched. It almost looks our... It took us almost an hour to get his body down and none of us could believe what we were seeing. Not only was this kid 15 miles where he, from where he'd started, there was no possible way he could have gotten up there on his own where he was found. This slope is treacherous and it's even, it's hard even for us to get up there with our climbing gear. A five-year-old boy had no way of getting up there of that I'm certain. Not only that, but the kid doesn't have a scratch on him. His shoes are gone and his feet aren't damaged or dirty. So it wasn't as if an animal dragged him up there. And from what we can tell, he hasn't been dead that long. He'd been over, out there for over a month by that point, And he looked like he'd only been dead for at most a day or two. The whole thing was unbelievably strange. And one of the most disconcerting calls I have ever been on. We found out later that the coroner determined the kids had died from exposure. He'd frozen to death, probably late at night, two days before we found him. Oh. There were no facts and no answers. To date, it is one of the weirdest things I have ever seen. Isn't that crazy? I find that, that the most insane one. That one, like, uh, there's yeah. so many questions I have in that one I just like can't even wrap my head around it to be honest with you like the fact that like his feet were clean the fact that he disappeared like a man came up to the kids took one of the kids Mm -hmm. in the matter of seconds Mm -hmm. and like the mom seconds yeah (laughs) the, the mom had to turn around and be like where did he go? Maybe that conversation took like another five seconds. Yeah. She looked in the direction and didn't see him, didn't hear him. Like what the hell mm-hmm. happened? Mm-hmm. And the fact that like he was 
theoretically well taken care of up until mm-hmm. that point where he died and for like a how month. For a month. <laughs> and yeah. then all of a sudden like Crazy. where was he where was he staying for that month where he didn't die of exposure before that no like idea. two days prior no idea isn't that the most insane story you've ever heard yeah yeah this is yeah. what I'm talking about. Like this, this guy, this search and rescue guy has like the craziest stories I've ever heard. You know, I read it to I, like everyone I know. <laughs> I used to play in the woods a lot growing up. Like my mm-hmm. brothers and I spent like all of our time in the woods. My mm-hmm. dad was on like seven acres of property that was mostly all woods. And so we would go for, out there for like hours at a time. And a funny story is like, my dad, every like 30 minutes or so, how he would check on us is he would step out onto his front porch and do the Tarzan yell. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with that, like where you bang on your chest and you go, oh, like that. Yeah. He would yeah. do that. And all three of us from the woods would do it back when we heard Aww. it. And that's where he would hear like where we yeah. were in the woods and make sure, sure we were okay. That's so cute. Yeah. So like the woods like are not unfamiliar for me. I spent like a lot of time in the woods Mm -hmm. but I will be honest with you hearing all these stories even makes me not want to go camping ever again in my fucking literally literally I used to spend hours in the woods and my mom would finally call us at like 5 30 o'clock at night we would go out at like 11 o'clock in the morning and we would be out there for hours and like this these stories freak me out to the point where I'm like okay have I seen stairs in the woods because I feel like I've definitely seen something creepy I definitely I've definitely seen stairs in the woods like I can't like whatever reason I cannot remember a specific instance but I know I have seen stairs in the woods at some point something or something that you can't explain but like as a kid you're like that's normal whatever and and actually there's a story so at one point like so my two older brothers and I we were in the woods and Mm -hmm. Emmett the oldest like we had gone I think farther than we normally like went and Emmett was like home is back this way and I was like both me and Victor were like no home is that way and at the age we were at, we were very like argumentative with each other. Yeah. So um, it was like, fine, go that way. I'll go this way. And so mm-hmm. we split up. And then at one point, I remember I was trying to climb over a log and my coat got caught on like the trunk that had like fallen over or whatever and I was stuck completely stuck and thank god like Victor was with me but like he could not get me unstuck and I was like sobbing at that point and I'm sure he was freaked out only being like two years older than me oh and Emmett got back to the house being like he was right he was the oldest he had like a better judge of direction Emmett got back to the house and our dad was pissed at him he was like you do not leave your two younger siblings in the woods by themselves lost and he was furious with Emmett and so yeah so he like (laughs) he never came out into the woods to look for us he never really had to we always just like found our way back and stuff like that that was the one time where he and Emmett they went back into the woods and they found us and he had to get me unstuck from 
that tree yeah. and he probably only located us by doing the same yell oh. that he always did but like wow yeah That's that was so scary a, it was a terrifying experience like it was in the middle of the day and I wasn't worried necessarily about like anybody else finding us in particular yeah. but it was just like I was young and Victor was young and we were lost in the yeah. woods and I was stuck so like yeah I was yeah. scared <laughs> yeah and then y'all's woods was huge it was massive it was seven acres of woods like I don't know if that's a lot and that was mind you just what he owned of the woods the woods did not stop after seven acres no and it was on the other side of the road too that was all woods as well right there was no road like at my dad's house like I don't know you weren't super familiar with my dad's house house yeah you're thinking of um my mom's house which was just like three acres of woods I think my mm. dad's woods were vast and well, that's they, really they never something. they never ended because it didn't end with the way where his property line cut off and that's the really road was something. so far it was it mm. was like yeah it was pretty terrifying honestly mm. uh keep an eye on the chat for me I'm going to go back into reading yeah, these stories sure, but sure. yeah Definitely. I can agree. I was always in the woods as a kid. And I feel like these stories just hit home in a way that I can't explain. Yeah, same, dude. Dude, I'm definitely feeling my wine right now. It's <laughs> on the way I, home. Who's I at a soccer even, game? <laughs> I haven't even finished uh, my. I think I've had like first. three small glasses. Um, give me five seconds. I'm going to text Joey something real fast. Bring me a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) You love that. I do. One of my first jobs as a trainee was a search op for four-year-old kid that had gotten separated from his mom. This was one of those cases where we knew we were going to find him because the dogs were on a strong scent trail and we saw clear signs that he was in the area. We ended up finding him in a bent patch about, in a berry patch about half a mile from where he'd been last seen. Kid wasn't even aware that he'd wandered that far. One of the vets brought him back, which I was glad because I'm not really good with kids anyway, and I find it hard to talk to them and keep them company. (laughs) (laughs) As my trainer, that is funny. As my trainer and I are headed back, she decides to take me on a detour to show me one of the hot spots where we tend to find missing people. It's a natural dip in the land near a popular trail, and um, people will usually move downhill because it's easier. We hike out there. It's a few miles away and we get there in about an hour or so. That's a long walk. What the heck? Yeah, that's a very long walk. Oh, hour long walk into the woods. It's like a long detour too. (laughs) What the heck? As we're walking around the area, she's pointing out places she's found people in the past and I see something in the distance. Now this area we're in is about eight miles from the main parking area, though there's back roads you can take to get closer if you don't want to hike that far. But we're on state protected land, which means there can't be any kind of commercial or residential development out here. The most you'll ever see is a fire tower or like a makeshift shelter that homeless people think they can get away with building. But I can see from here that whatever this thing was has straight edges. And if there's one thing you learn quickly about nature is that it rarely makes straight lines. I point it out, but she doesn't say anything. She just hangs back and lets me wander over and check it out myself. What? I get with about 20 feet of it and all the hair on the back of my neck stands up. It's a staircase <laughs> in the middle of the fucking woods. In the proper wow. context, it would literally be 
the most benign thing ever. It's just a normal uh, staircase with beige carpet and it's about 10 steps tall, but instead of carpet. Yes. I can, I can like imagine this, this staircase in my head. Like I can literally see the carpet fibers coming out of the edges of the step. Oh my God. I think all of the stairs I have seen have been just like brick. Like they were supposed to be outdoor stairs. I don't think I've ever seen a carpeted, seen a carpeted stairs. That's freaky. What? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a normal staircase with a beige carpet and about 10 steps tall, but instead of it being in a house where it obviously should be it's out here in the middle of the woods and it was eight miles away from where it like from a normal trail the I sides pause aren't you man oh your, your phone mm-hmm. needs to be removed from the table is it vibrating I'm yes so sorry. joey's texting me he's like what do you mean you want a pizza I don't know he, said. he said um pizza dad ass <laughs> Pizza dad ass. Wow, incredible, incredible. Yeah, yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The sides aren't carpeted, obviously, which I can see the wood is made out of. It's almost like a video game glitch where the house has failed to load completely and the stairs are the only thing visible. I stand there and it's like my brain is working overtime to try and make sense of what I'm seeing. My trainer comes and stands next to me and she just stands there casually looking at it as if it's the least interesting thing in the world. I ask her, what the fuck is this thing doing here? And she just chuckles. Get used to it, rookie. You're going to see a lot of them. I start to move closer and she grabs my arm hard. I wouldn't do that, she says. Her voice is casual, but her grip is tight. And I just stand there looking at her. You're going to see them all the time, but don't go near them. Don't touch them. Don't go up to them. Just ignore them. I start to ask her about it, but something in the way she's looking at me tells me that it's best if I just don't. We end up moving on and the subject doesn't come up again for the rest of my training. She was right though. I'd say about every fifth call I go on, I end up running into a cross of set of stairs. Sometimes they're relatively close to the path, maybe within two or three miles. Sometimes they're 20, 30 miles out, literally in the middle of nowhere. And I only find them during the broadest searches of training or like train or broadest searches or training weekends. They're usually in good condition, but sometimes it looks like they've been out there for miles all different kinds, all different sizes. The biggest I ever saw looked like they came out of a turn of the century mansion and they were at least 10 feet wide with steps leading up to at least 15 or 20 feet in the air. I tried talking about it with people, but they just give me the same response that my trainer did. It's normal. Don't worry about it. They're not a big deal, but don't go close to them or up them. When trainees ask me about it now, I give them the same response. I don't really even know what else to tell them. I'm really hoping someday I get a better answer, but it hasn't happened yet. Wow. Isn't that wild? There's got to be an answer. I'm so I know. like hooked. I know. I love this series. This is another one that was less spooky and more sad. A young man went missing. (laughs) A man, a young man went missing late in winter when realistically no one should be going that far out or onto the trails. We close a lot of them, but some remain open year round unless there's a shitload of snow. We didn't a search off for him, but we had about six feet of snow on the ground. It was unusually heavy. It was an unusually heavy snow year. And we knew it wasn't likely that we'd find him until spring when the thaw came. Sure enough, when the first big thaw came, a hiker reported a body a little ways off the main trail. 
We found him at the base of a tree and in the pile of melted snow. I knew right away what had happened and it scared the living shit out of me. Most of you who ski or snowboard like me, I remember, or spend any amount of time on a mountain, you will probably have guessed too. Oh, this is awful. When snow falls, it doesn't collect as thick in the areas beneath branches. It happens most with fir trees because they have a sort of closed umbrella shape. So what you end up with is a space around the base of a tree that's filled with a mixture of loose, powdery snow, air, and branches. They're called tree wells, and they're not immediately obvious if you don't know what you're looking for. We put up signs in the Welcome Center, big ones, letting people know how dangerous they are. But every year we get the unusual amount of snow. At least one person doesn't read them or doesn't take the warning very seriously, and we find out about it in the spring. My best guess mm-hmm. is that this young man was hiking and got tired or maybe a cramp from walking in the deep snow. He went to go sit at the base of the tree, not knowing where there are, that there was a tree well, and he fell in. He got stuck with his feet up and the surrounding snow caved in around him. So it like tucked him into this like upside down position where his head was in the snow. Mm. Um, unable to free himself, he suffocated. It's called snow immersion suffocation, and it doesn't usually happen except in really, really deep snow. But if you get stuck in a weird position like this guy did, even six feet of snow can be lethal. What scared me the most was imagining how must how he must have struggled upside down in the freezing cold. He didn't die quickly. The snow would have formed a dense, heavy pile on top of him, and it would have been literally impossible to get out. As it got harder to breathe, he would have known what was happening. I can't even imagine what he was thinking in his last moments. Yeah. Wow. That hurts. Absolutely awful. That is really awful. The last one, I think, question mark. Yep. The last story we're going to finish out this podcast episode with is a lot of my less outdoorsy friends want to know if I've ever seen the goat man. Have you ever heard of the goat man, Brenna? No, I don't think I have. All right. The goat man is just a goat man. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> just like the moth man or whatever. Yes. Oh my yes. God. Yes. Well, I've been out on calls, unfortunately, or I guess Fortunately, I've never had anything quite like that happen. I guess the closest was this whole black eyed man thing, but I didn't see anything. However, there was this one call where I had something kind of similar happen, but I'm not sure I'm willing to chalk it up to the goat man. (laughs) We'd gotten a report of an older woman that had fainted along one of the trails and needed assistance getting back down to the main area. We hike up to where she's at and her husband is just beside himself. He runs, well, I guess more jogs to us and then tells us that he was a little ways off the trail looking at something when his wife starts screaming behind him. He runs back to her and she's passed out on the trail. We get her back on a backboard and as she's getting or as we're getting her down onto the welcome center, she comes to and starts screaming again. I calm her down and ask her what happened. I can't remember verbatim what she said, but essentially what happened was this. She'd been waiting for her husband when she started hearing this really strange sound. She said it sounded sort of like a cat, but it was off somehow, and she couldn't quite figure out why. She went a little ahead to try and hear it better, and it sounded like it was coming closer to her. She said the closer it got, the more uneasy she was until she finally figured out what was wrong. I do remember this next part because it was so weird that I don't think I could forget if I ever tried. 
it wasn't a cat. It was a man saying the word meow over and over. Just what the hell? Meow, meow, meow. But it wasn't a man. It couldn't have been because I've never heard a man make his voice buzz like that. I thought my hearing aid was going out, but it wasn't. I adjusted it and it still sounded like all buzzy. It was awful. He was coming closer and I couldn't see him. And the closer he got, the more scared I was. And the last thing I remember was a shape coming out of the trees. I guess that's when I fainted. Now, obviously, I'm a little perplexed as to why a guy would be out in the woods chanting meow meow at people. (laughs) So once we get down the mountain, I tell my superior that I'm going to go search the area if I can find anything. He gives me the go ahead and I grab a radio and hike back down to where she fainted. I don't see anyone. So I keep going about a mile more. And when I head back, I go off the trail to see if I can figure out where she saw him coming from. It's almost sunset by this point, and I don't have any desire to be out in the night, at night alone, so I just sort of write it off and make a mental note to check it out again tomorrow. But as I'm headed back, I start to hear something in the distance. I stop, and I call out for anyone in the immediate area to identify themselves. The sound didn't come closer or get louder, but it sounded exactly like a man saying meow, meow in this really odd monotone. As comical as I make it sound, it was almost like that guy on South Park with the electrolarynx, Ned. I got, I have never heard of that. I have never heard of that either. I go off the trail in the direction I think it's coming from, but I never seem to get closer. It's almost like it's coming from all directions. Eventually it just sort of fades out. And I ended up going back to the welcome center. I didn't get any further reports like that. And even though I went back to the area, I never heard that exact sound again. And I suppose it could have been some stupid kid out there fucking with people that even I have to admit it was weird. That is so weird. Crazy. First of all, braver than I. (laughs) <laughs> I would have not like I would have been uh, like okay meow meow okay sure, sure, sure. <laughs> sure, sure do sure, your sure. thing meow whatever go off queen <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally I would have been like no thank you I'm having yeah. a struggle getting my glasses on right now honestly like yeah honest, the the woman probably could have fainted just because like she was older her like I guess like when yeah. older people get scared sometimes they just fucking pass out it's possible she could have just been hallucinating, but then he said he no, heard it, no, so no. I don't, I don't think she was hallucinating. I think like whatever it was, like scared the shit out of her so much mm. that she just straight up fainted. Very true. That's also true. But yeah. luckily, like she apparently she saw the figure coming out of the woods, so he must have been close, right? So thankfully, oh, no. nothing <laughs> happened to her. I guess. Thank like, thank God. All right, guys. Well, yeah. It has been a lovely episode. I've had such a great time. Yes, this was a lot of fun. (laughs) I've had a great time. I cannot wait for my pizza to get here. Wow, yeah, That's incredible. So I'm going to go ahead and plug our socials. Brenna, if you want to go first, what's your social? So everyone can connect with you. My Instagram is Brenna, that's B-R-E-N-N-A underscore elise e l y s e. And my Instagram is private. So I might have to change that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah man. Right. You go, Katie. My socials are the specific one that you guys should be following for updates on the podcast is hello, H-E-L-L-O dot period, 
spooky, S-P-O-O-K-Y. And then my personal is, hey, I'm Katie Ryan, which is K-A-T-I-R-Y-A-N. You guys can follow me there. You can follow us on our Facebook page for more specifically, like we post all of our podcast content on there. If you guys are interested, you can find us at two, like the number two ghouls, G-H-O-U-L-S podcast on Facebook. Yep. Yep. Also one last message before we go, but for as little as 99 cents by following the link in my bio at hello.spooky on Instagram or by following the link in our show notes after I post this, you guys can support our podcast. Um, We would really appreciate it. Really any amount helps. Um, Thanks school friends. Yeah. I would love that from a positive (laughs) negative (laughs) test. (laughs) (laughs) We really need the what is it called? A soundboard? Yeah, need- yeah. <laughs> so for as little as 99 cents, you too can support our soundboard. Yes, yeah. please support yeah. our soundboard. <laughs> Give us the content. 